1: It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants
0: podcast. You better get
1: your headphones and listen up, quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You let listen in public might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, Survivor News. News edition, episode 165, the finale. I serve as your humble and also gracious host, Bryce Isaiah. And I thank you for tuning in for another week of the Survivor News. Maybe I shouldn't say another week. I might need to say the final week of season 42. It makes your baby boy a little sad. But listen, as always, with your Survivor News, you can follow along to the audio podcast you can watch it on video on YouTube so make sure you head over to Bryce Isaiah on YouTube subscribe to my page give this video a thumbs up and write in the comments and if you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the purple pants podcast we are available on Apple podcast Spotify Google play wherever podcasts reside the purple pants podcast awaits you subscribe write a review give your baby boy some five stars listen I am currently Still in LA giving y'all the podcast because we are dedicated. And listen, Bryce and Wynn present with Lauren Ashley back the finale, baby. It was a movie. When I say a movie, who Listen, I just want to give a huge shout out to everyone, reality stars, friends, family. You know, I don't like to say fans, so I say friends that flew in, that drove in, that walked in to just make the night so special. When I tell y'all it was Amazing, literally, I baby boy just can't believe how far the Bryce and Wim present has come, and y'all showed out, and y'all showed your baby boys and Lauren Ashley Beck so much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone that was coming up saying I listen to the podcast. I love, I it was it's just truly. Just crazy to think that, you know, I am all the way across the country in Los Angeles, Santa Monica, California, and the people are here. The posse is real. We had such an amazing time. It was crazy to be in L.A. watching the finale. Y'all know I haven't been back since, you know coggy on but it was just truly so amazing and then to see the episode whew, baby! Uh, it was just a lot and again I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for just always supporting your baby boy it truly means a lot But of course, this week, you know, your baby boy Jack Atkins and Wendell Holland joined me to cover the finale. We give you our takes on how it all went down. So enough talking. Let's get into your survivor
4: news.
1: And we are back this week with your Survivor News of the season finale of Survivor 42. Welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, Survivor News Edition. Let's welcome back the baby boy that just got up, that got crust in his eyes, but he's still alive, Jack. The Jack Atkins from The Circle Season 2 was popping, baby boy. What is
3: up, Bryce? How's it going? Wendell, good to see you. I'm so excited to break down this finale. It was a great season.
1: Yes. And of course, let's welcome to the podcast the winner of Ghost Island Season 36, the man that has to put Vaseline on his fingers before we podcast because he needs his hands lubricated, Wendy Z.
5: Holland. What's up, gentlemen? I am, yes. I'm currently
1: putting some Vaseline on the cuticles and in between. So uh, a question for me is that like w- the importance of having your cuticles moisturized for a podcast is
5: you can't just be sitting here with dry hands, Bryce. Uh, okay. Like it like your hands don't they if they f- they You feel the dryness. You feel
3: good. You you play good. You look good. good Okay. So if that
1: is the case, that means uh, Jack, your cuticles are not moisturized. My cutes are
3: always. My cutes (laughs) stay moisturized.
1: Uh, Okay. Well, they decent. My my cutes stay cute, so I don't have to worry about it. Okay. (laughs) Perp.
5: My Vaseline overfloweth right now. I think I need to put some on Uh my elbow because I just I used too much.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's listen, that's an interesting way to kick off the <laughs> podcast. Listen, uh, is this a Wendy's commercial for cute cuticles? I don't know. Cute cuticles. Oh, okay. Somebody gonna have to trademark that. Uh, but listen, we are back from the Bryce and Wynn present the finale, mm-hmm. uh, with Lauren Ashley Beck in La La Land and Bay Bay. Who? Chalet, it was giving a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, I don't even know where to start, Wendell, but, uh, first of all, thank you so much to everyone that came out that supported us this whole tour season. Uh, LA capped it off. It was amazing so many people from so many shows so many fans not even fans friends from all over the world there were so many people that i talked to that night that flew in just to be in the the room with us to watch this historic
5: episode it was great it was it was a magical moment we um we there's a there's this energy that that enters the room when when all of our people are in the room and I think, I think it really translated out there. Like it, it was just, it was just a wonderful moment and there were more reality stars than we've ever had. And even family, my big sister came out, my cousin came out. I, I think I, I might've shed a tear when my when I, I was able to give my big sister a big hug. Um, and that wasn't the only tear I shed that night because we will get into the episode, but we had a great time in LA. Um, we're still in LA. We had a great time at the finale.
1: Yeah, definitely. And again, just a huge shout out to everyone that came out. Uh, huge shout out to ET Canada, huge shout out to CBS that actually covered the finale. So it is, uh, doing amazing things. I also, uh, want to give a huge shout out to Screen Rant. I don't know if you guys saw that article, but oh, Screen yeah. Rant did an yes. article of like the top five podcasts that are mm. covering, uh, this season mm. and they didn't had your baby boys, Jack, Woo! Emily from the circle when DZ and myself and so uh just truly appreciate uh everyone that listens to us and you know shout out to screen rant because uh, i definitely think us three have something very special and you know listen we we ready for season 43 and forty-four. and uh
5: just to add to that really quickly about our listeners we you know we aren't the biggest podcast in the world but we are mighty we're small and mighty and our listeners we've seen you at when we go to have our parties, we love talking to you all and hearing that you listen to the pod. And, you know, uh, a couple of nights ago, everyone was telling me that they love the commercial breaks no. and all of that. You well, know, that's
1: interesting. So Cause they was telling me that they was oh. like, I don't like them with you too, baby oh. boy. So listen, oh. pick a side.
5: Well, well, we appreciate interacting with you all and we love y'all so much. And we just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening.
1: Jack, anything you want to say to the one member of the Jack Shack?
3: <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, sh- <laughs> Shout out to my mom. Uh, <laughs> <for> this, no, <laughs> uh, no, but just want to say LA looked amazing. I had major FOMO, but got to say my metrics project really was great. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, it looked like an, an incredible time. You guys have been crushing it with, the, with the, the Rice and One Presents all season. I can't wait till I'm done with college so I can pull up to every single event. But yeah, I just want to shout out to all the supporters of the podcast. Shout out to Screen Rant. I remember during the circle, they had some favorable things to say about the baby boy. So Screen Rant, <laughs> top one website in my book. So uh, whoever whoever's behind, I think um, that might be Bryce who's writing for Screen Rant. <laughs> <laughs> the ghostwriter. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to break down this episode. It was so awesome. And it's it's fun that now that the reunion's now on the island going forward, it seems like it's almost like you guys might be that new finale party, which is an amazing opportunity and it's going to be so fun.
1: Yeah. And before we kick off the season, great topic to just, uh, you know, I can't wait my questions ready. In a recent interview, Jeff said moving forward that all the finales uh, will be shot in that format. And I would love to just hear you to take on it. Because I think in theory, it's great. You know, you can get their live reactions and you can see how everyone's feeling. But also at the same time, I'm such a a huge proponent of mental health. And I think that although the time between when you leave the island and then when you read the votes, yeah, that can be agonizing and cause uh, anxiety, but I do think there is time to process. There is time for people to, like, heal from everything that happened. I think of season 41 uh, when Xander and Deshaun lost, and for me, it was like, really difficult to, like, I wanted to celebrate Erica, but at the same time, it was very difficult for me to, just like, physically watch Xander and Deshaun kind of like, have to take that in. So, what are your guys' thoughts on the new format moving forward, Jackery?
3: Yeah, I I agree with you completely, Bryce. I, I don't mind the the new format. It's great that they get right into the the meat and potatoes with with questions that you know were relevant a day before rather than eight months ago. But I do think, like you said, there's there's something to be said about the fact that as you're putting these two final travel losers right into the thick of it without any time to you know go sit by themselves, take a shower, decompress, like process what's going on. I also think there's something exciting about the reunion in LA um, where, you know, everyone gets to come back together and see each other again for probably see everyone for the first time since their season. Uh, Everyone gets to dress up. It it just seems a little bit more fun and and, and everyone will have seen the season. So that, that helps you kind of polish your thoughts a little bit more on what happened and some things that you didn't see. Because the things we're hearing at the reunion now are kind of similar to what we're hearing about at Tribal Council because everyone's kind of has the same perspective on people's games. And then I I heard a suggestion that that I kind of liked where if they are going to do on the island, why not give the castaways a day at Ponderosa to decompress, unwind, let them dress up, let them get some margaritas, uh, and then do it at Ponderosa and have a nice setup at Ponderosa. And that's sort of like a, a happy medium. But for me, it's just like, especially Xander being my friend, I remember watching him and right after Final Travel Council. You could sat, kind of see the the pain in his eyes and, and just like, and I, I just don't think that was the most fair thing to do when they could easily do it the next day. Like, it, it's just, and maybe they will. I feel like they they, they might have heard this, this sort of feedback and hopefully they can make a change that works a little bit better. I,
5: I see a few sides to this. The the first The first thing I, I think about is there's something – survivory about getting through tribal and then us seeing them eight months later or five months later, dressed up in this live studio audience. It's like, that is survivor. And we get to see them, how they've, you know, transformed and all of that stuff. And we, we as viewers kind of miss a little bit of that with this new format. Then there's also something kind of thanking the, the castaways by bringing them to LA for this, this like, Reunion that's bigger than just that, where they're in L.A. and they get to meet other people and they they're on stage and all of that. That's that's like almost like a rites of passage or something. And then but I also understand how, um, you know, when they shorten the 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 season because of covid and they have like a two week quarantine up front. I can see from a business perspective as you start taking things away and the equation still works. You're saving all this money. So from, from a business owner's perspective, it's like, all right, well, why do I need to do all this extra stuff? If we ultimately, we still have this product. Yep. So I do, I do understand that. Um, all in all, the mental health aspect, that's, uh, that's a, a real concern. I start thinking about Laurel on Ghost Island when she had to cast the deciding vote between me and Dom after not getting any votes after making it through this incredible game, after being at the top of her game in life in every regard, and then she gets no votes, and then she has to decide. She has to be the deciding vote on a winner. And I think about if she had to then go right into a, um, a reunion, I, she after she voted for me, the three of us got on a boat. Everyone else got on another boat. Laurel cried the whole way back. Mm -hmm. on that boat and when we got to Ponderosa she went right to her room and for me to think of putting someone like that in that position right then and there I think that would be um, it would just be a lot and overwhelming and I would seriously consider her mental health just like you considered Xanders and and other people unfortunately like uh, it seemed like Mike and Romeo did a good job Um, but I I, (laughs) I also think that as we watch and we understand that they go right into it, then the players will also understand, all right, if I make it I'm going right into right into the reunion. So now they have they can almost prepare or or their minds can say, you know what, no matter what happens in the game, I'm if I make it to fi- final travel and lose, I'm going right into the reunion. So at least they have a heads up. Yeah. So that
1: there's that I think the heads up is good, but still like in theory, it sounds good. But when you sit in there and it yeah. doesn't like, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. And for me, I also love um, the reunion. Like, I, like you guys, said, I love to see them dressed up and I love to see their families. Like, you know, when you won Wendell and I saw your mom and I saw your daddy and Joey running up on the stage, like not not you brought the whistle to L.A. i bring it with me. I have a little box for when I have to travel. But just seeing your family and being and able to enjoy the excitement with your loved ones, I think, uh, brings an avenue to it as well. But you know, if a survivor is looking for a reunion host, <laughs> you, you know that Jackery is finishing college. You know when DZ is around, and you know your baby boy <laughs> is uh, ready. So, uh, Jeffrey, you got window number. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Um, that that's the good thing though is is if this typical reunion does fade away, like I said, you guys might have that new opportunity to sort of be that reunion. And I'm I, I would have to guess that the Bryson one presents is a lot more live and more fun than just not to say that the normal reunion isn't fun, but it's it's probably a little bit more low key. You know, they always got like the 11 year old that they asked to predict the winner. So I don't know they turn it up like we are, but. <laughs> um, well, I,
1: are you saying you would predict the winner at uh at the Bryson present? That's <laughs> <Yes>. the
3: resident <laughs> youngster. Either me or Jack you, Jeff. I have all the this two buff. Right, that's too young. Jeff's like, hey guys, this is my like buff, and I think it's going to be <laughs> Jeff. Jeff would be like, now we know you're not 18 yet. but <laughs> do, do you think you could come out to the island someday and play Survivor? I'd be like, yeah, Jeff, I'm down. <laughs> um, Even but, though you're six yeah. Last thing, too, about the reunion is, like, it's supposed to be people reuniting. Like, that's what I like about the, the normal one is it's nine months later and you could kind of catch up on how people have been, how the season, like, worked. Oh, my earbud just fell out. Uh, how people, but I caught it. Like, how people have been, how how interacting with people throughout the season would have been. Like, I would love to hear how, how Marianne felt about how people received her throughout the season, things like that. Whereas if you're doing it right after Final Travel Council, there's, like, no new... Information or anything to learn about these castaways. So, right, I think that's another fact.
2: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
1: Very interesting, well, all right, when d z moderator take
3: us away to the final recap of forty two Bryce there go
1: Bryce,
5: can you quickly check your text message right now? Oh, I'll be right back oh. someone just someone just messaged us about the pod, so I think we need to
1: announce it live. Ah. Whoa! Not official. I, I don't know. Should we tell the people who just is texting our
5: phone? Okay. We. I think we you have because to, this. Because this. <laughs> we're gonna have to give him your number. <coughs> this gentleman is a lit. We we think that he listens to the pod. We love him very much. So. Well, and and what what is he? And we know.
1: Uh, okay, so we, we can ju- say we know him. We know. So we just got a po- We got a text message from the baby boy that is Omar, and Ooh. Omar said, hey. "Baby boys, when do I get my shot to come on the Purple Pants Podcast? And and do you want a solo or would you like a duo interview with me?" And the current winter of season 42, Marianne. Oh. Hey, 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 listen, y'all heard it first. Uh, so let us know in the comments what is the combination that you guys want. I don't know if we've ever had a three, four, a five-some purple pants podcast. Oh,
3: freak of the week. <laughs> okay, it's giving Freak of the week. <laughs> Screen Ran yeah. is going to love this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was, that was a cool, uh,
5: that was a cool text to get while we're, while we're right here. So, um, shall we get into the breakdown of the episode?
1: Let's go. We're going
5: to, um, we're going to try to go through it kind of fast so we can get to really the real meat and potatoes. Yeah. But, uh, we are back at camp after the, we are very saddened with the Omar boot. And we are now back at camp post Omar boot with Lindsay, Mike, Marianne, Romeo and Jonathan. And. This is like a bare bones camp now. They sent them back to some somewhere else, right? This new location. <coughs> and um Marianne was happy to say that she finally showed the people that she's there to play. She made this big move on Omer and she is there to play. Um we have Lindsay, she's upset that Jonathan voted for Omer and didn't tell her, and Jonathan's like, "You voted for me." So, yes, yeah, sh- she was left out of their plan but she was also voting for him jonathan was using that and he wasn't he wasn't bending but again i mean you know and then he also said you're being aggressive
1: Oh, another one of those his favorite yes he loves it it's like looking in the mirror sometimes Uh. (laughs) and
5: and and we are continuing on and we see romeo make a fake idol
1: it's like, is the Purple Pants podcast predicting all of this? Uh, because I feel like Zachary, you might have said that last episode.
3: Zachary. It's called previews, Bryce. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the preview for the finale, it showed him making the idol. Yeah. You know what, Jack? So
5: <laughs> So Romeo tells Mike, he's like, hey, Mike, I got it. No, he tells everyone, he's like, I got an idol. I'm playing it tonight. And Mike's like, oh, you got balls of steel for not playing it last night. And everyone's just like, all right, if he has not, okay, hasn't, all right, cool, good to know. So, day 24, Mike and Romeo are talking. Uh, they say we need Lindsay out next. And this is something that we kind of predicted. We said that um, based on where the idols are held, we think that Lindsay and Jonathan, these two challenge beasts, would be on the hot seat for tonight. So, Lindsay is understanding that she might go home tonight. Um and then th- this is where Mike kinda says to her he might use his idol for her. He's also said he might use his idol for other people. And this is this has been a trend of our, our good friend Mike, um, where he's it's like he's over promising. We love him, but <laughs> with this this idol in his pocket, he told Marianne he would use it for her at Final Five. He's alluding to it with Lindsay. Um and I think he might have said something to Jonathan also. Yeah. Yes, and then we get tree mail, where basically they get this word scramble and they have to find find something out, f- figure out this word scramble so that they can receive an advantage in the next challenge.
1: So, can I ask a question? When I saw that it was a word word scramble, I was just curious to know, Jack and Wendell, how well did you think Jonathan was going to do with it? Mm-mm. <laughs>
3: I think was, I was with friends. I said, hey, "No, Jonathan's not one of this one." <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I'm not. Same thing no. at the challenge. with the with, at the end, there's like a puzzle. And mm. like, this is all no. Lindsay. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was Lindsay, a fun. It was a fun little. Yeah,
5: that was a fun bit actually. Like with with Lindsay finding it so fast. Good fortune is found in the toes of the sleeping giant. And she's looking for this toes of a sleeping giant for a long time. All the while these other four are trying to find this word puzzle out. And I think Marianne is on to something, but like Marianne explains that she doesn't want the other people finding it. She wants Lindsay to find it, so she's gonna just play dumb. Um yeah. And what was funny was. When she when Lindsay was out looking for it for a long long time, Mike's like, "Hey, let's just work together to figure this out." Because they they couldn't figure it out. So I thought that was funny. Um, and yeah. yeah, then the finally, hiding
3: place of the the advantage was pretty cool too. Although I based on the 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 lo, the, the view panic. of the foot, I thought the toes would be at the top. I was like, "They're gonna she's gonna need Angelina's ladder to get up there." <laughs> But then it's at the bottom. That's like the heel, bro. That's like, not the toes. But the I don't toes. know. That's like nitpick. Okay, but like was also.
5: Riddle me this, Jackery. I'll, on I'll my rewatch. You. I shall. <laughs> on my rewatch, it looks like our friend Lindsay is like 50 meters from the Sleeping Giant. And she's just standing there like, I can't find it. I don't know. I don't know. Then all of a sudden, she looks around. I don't know. I don't know. I don't
3: know. And then they highlight it on the screen. Uh, Did she see the highlight of the foot? I don't know. It's the previews,
0: Jack. It's the
3: previews. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, well, anyway,
5: one way or another, Lindsay found the advantage, which will help her in the challenge. We don't know what the advantage is yet, but we will soon because we get into the day 25 out of 26 days challenge. For Immunity and a Pasta Dinner. Oh. This challenge is so cool. Shout out to John Kerhofer for this one. Shout out to everyone, the Dream Teamers, everyone that helped build this this challenge. It was incredible. Like a semicircle with a net in in the middle where they had to run through that net and they had to cross various bridges. Some were, you know, uh, like a, a bridge that you have to build with two little wooden planks. Some were just two ropes that you had to like walk across and each each bridge was like a different obstacle that seemed very difficult so it was really cool. They had to run across these bridges, get puzzle pieces and run back and ultimately build this round puzzle.
1: Um what I, I what I love about challenges like this and I don't know if it's always at like final 5 or or towards the end, I always say they're like the equalizer challenges where I feel like just because you are necessarily Physical, it doesn't mean that you will get the puzzle. And even if you are, like, say, strong and big in stature, it also could be a disadvantage to you uh for going through and doing some of these maneuvers. So I really feel like uh, I love these type of challenges uh, because it, I feel like it combines everything that it takes to win Survivor in these challenges. And although, you know, Lindsay yeah. and Jonathan have been historically the challenge winners, but now the the level the playing level field is completely open. So I, I wish we would see more of these like equalizer challenges, challenges closer in the merge, just to kind of like, or like after the merge and in the individual immunities, uh, because I, I just, you just really honestly never know who is going to win.
5: I, I agree with you, Bryce. I, I love a challenge like this that has a lot going on. I've said it numerous times and I do love a puzzle at the end. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's one of those challenges that anyone can win. Now, granted, sometimes the challenge beasts get to the puzzle first or something, but that's when anything can happen. And we see that um, because Lindsay had this advantage, which was instead of having to untie, like, eight loops, she only has to untie two loops on each at, 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 the each, at, at where she gets her puzzle pieces. Now, I will say that survivor knots are relatively loose, so like instead of being tight knot instead of being tight knots, they're kind of just loose knots. So you just gotta get your fingers in there and, and get them get them open. But yeah. still, um that that is that's a so that's a couple second advantage per um per puzzle piece. Anyway, ultimately it is a showdown between Lindsay and Mike. Those are the two people that are kind of like leading in the puzzle making. Um after Mike gets to the puzzle like third or fourth or something like that, and ultimately Mike wins in a in dramatic form because he was trying to get that last piece in. Lindsay was hustling. She was down to her last piece also. And Mike wins. I remember this puzzle because I had a puzzle like this on Ghost Island. Oh. And this was after I lost. uh, Yeah. The the image on the screen is me screaming Jeff Probst because the uh, the episode before. I didn't scream his name early enough, and uh, someone—my uh, uh, sister Laurel—won instead of me. But yeah, this puzzle was a very special puzzle for me that resulted in me, Sebastian, and Angela eating steak dinner. Oh! But Ooh. on season forty-two, it resulted in Mike winning, and he then had to pick someone to come with him, and he picked his bro who hadn't been eaten, who's who's. You know, needed so much food and all this. calories
1: really count.
5: (laughs) So he picks Jonathan to eat with him. And then he says to Jeff, want to give me another one? And Jeff says, no. (laughs) 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 And that's that. Any thoughts on that challenge, guys?
3: I mean, you know, I loved it. What you think, Zachary? Exactly. yeah that was probably my that was probably my favorite challenge of the season. I, I like that challenge a lot. I like the challenge in the episode before um, with like the the staircase rungs. Um, yeah. yeah I always love the end of season challenges like this. I agree with Bryce I'd, I'd like to get more challenges like this as opposed to like all of the endurance balance challenges that we just get back back to back to back. Um, but I can understand from like a budget or setup standpoint why that's kind of the case. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun ch- I-, I thought it was funny at the start of the challenge Marianne like, Marianne was like, uh, Jeff, I've been dreaming of a station challenge, and Jeff was like, That's oddly specific <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, it-, it was just a great challenge, and it was super close, it was a great battle, and yeah, it was a lot of fun, yeah, and then we um then we get on to the
5: reward, we got the the bro down, Mike and Jonathan are hugging, then we have um we flash over to. Lindsay and Marianne and Lindsay's basically saying just how much better she is than Jonathan and then we flash back over to the reward and Mike says he has an immunity has this immunity idol that he may give away mm-hmm. Lindsay's the biggest threat and Jonathan's like if she pulls an idol will you play your idol for me and I think Mike says of course so that's him uh promising his, his idol somewhere else again um, but he also says, Mike, he also says that he did promise it to Marianne at Final Five. Um, and later on we see he does, does honor that promise. Um, we get a, a bit at camp where, where Romeo says to Marianne that their best shot going forward or winning is against Jonathan and not a Lindsay. And I think that a lot of people can agree on that. Like Jonathan has been a challenge beast, but we've all seen that socially he's not, he's not totally there. And so it would make sense for a lot of people to, to, to want to sit next to him at the end.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it just, again, uh, when we were at this, uh, the camp and Lindsay was just basically saying she's so much better than Jonathan. And, um, for me, I'm just like, girl, you're, you're making, although these are the people that you are working with right now, but Bay, it's an end game and I would think that one would be like, Jonathan is so much better than me. And I, again, it goes back to me last episode uh, where I say Lindsay made that million dollar mistake as to if she played her idol for O and O was sure. still here. Mm. Like her level of threatness mm-hmm. Would be so like so much lower. There would be so many like bigger targets at, to get out, and she could be controlling the vote a lot more. And so I just, oh, uh, it just takes me back to yeah. like, why you just let that idol go to waste?
3: Wow. Yeah, if Lindsay plays her idol for Omer at, at that final six, I think she probably could like wins the game. She would just have to make fire at that point because yeah. um, I think Omer would go at five, and then yeah, but. Should have cut a woulda no for um, sure, but I yeah. do agree. I think Lindsay's game started going south in that in that vote and this episode um, wasn't the the cleanest for her. Like I thought her arguing with Jonathan at the start of the episode, like we mentioned, was not the best. It, like, like it, Jonathan's argument was was kind of dumb, but it was like you did vote for me. Like, why would I let you in on the plan? Um, it was kind of a circular argument. But and then yeah, here it's like. She's not doing a great job of playing her threat level down. I thought it was smart of her to try to guilt Mike in because at that point, like anything that works, but throw out—I mean, I'm sure she maybe did—but throw out some other options, like maybe go for a Romeo or, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's um, but like you said, Bryce, at this point, she was kind of the the, the biggest threat, and it's like there's only so much you can do, and and in hindsight, she should have managed that threat level a little bit better.
1: Yeah, and I—I yeah. I, I, again another like piece of the puzzle what i love is that you know you fight so hard to get to this position and a part of getting to this position of where you're at is again managing your threat level and like shield and target level and so what i love so much about survivor is that like yes i gotta get to this final five and then you realize you at this final five and it's like oh f like i have such a huge target on my back and so again i just think that these episodes are so important but for me honestly take it back three more episodes I think that those are really more important to start Mm -hmm. identifying what it is to look forward I think that again I always say get to tomorrow get to tomorrow but I feel like when you get four challenges after the merge it's definitely and I I hope I'm saying this right but I think I said it wrong last episode that to have the fruition. Bricky, 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 bricky. I, I was going to say foresight, but I thought I said foresight last week
5: Okay, Arr. for wishing. Yeah, that's in the dictionary for sure.
1: To have the, the foresight to start being like, oh, okay, I might not be working with Romeo. Romeo might be on the outs, but now it's time for me to start bringing him in now, you know, keeping these levels around, I think uh, is really the time to do so. And it, it just kind of, sort of sad to see because you know I love my girl Lindsay and I think that you know she played a great game.
5: Yeah, yeah. So y- you're right. So we get to no. I'm. She was. She. It's her and Marianne. If they get to the end, like they battle at at the end in the final tribal, and that would yeah. that would be a, a a great. It would be awesome to see. Anyway, so we get to tribal uh, as they they come in, they sit down they start kind of laughing at the fact that they couldn't get the riddle except for Lindsay. That was kind of, that was kind of funny. Lindsay acknowledges that she had to win. It was a must win day for her. Um, And we have a a quote where Marianne says something to the tune of like, she has to play this game for her. Now I have to play this game for me. Um, I might have to go back on an Alliance or lie, but it's time for me to play my game. And again, it's Marianne digging her heels in like, look, y'all I'm here to play. I'm a player. And I'm about to show you all what I can do. And I showed you last Tribal. Um, Nothing nothing too big stands out during Tribal other than that to me. um, Except for when it's time to vote. Mike gets up and pulls his idol. Plays it for Marianne, who we know has an idol in her pocket. She's like, thank you. (laughs) She plays it, obviously. And um, Romeo... Pulls out his idol. Whoa. Watch this. Ah, <laughs> oh, Ooh, there. Oh. <laughs> Romeo pulls out his idol, and he's like, this, my friend, is a fake idol, so I'll be throwing it in the fire.
1: <laughs> it was like,
5: all right. Good for you, <laughs> <man>.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Solid. So, question for you two. Mike giving Marianne that idol. Is that, because in my opinion, I felt like it was a performance move. But a performance move for who? The jury or a performance move for Marianne if she goes to the jury and he would have her vote? I, I don't know. I was just having a hard time breaking down uh, what would be the point of something like that in the sense of I, we know where the votes are. Y'all, y'all know where the votes are going at this point.
3: Mm-hmm. But again, I, mean, I am It reminds right me- It kind of reminds me of when Wendell played his idol for Laurel in uh, Ghost Island where she wasn't going to go home, but it it, it kind of reaffirms those bonds. And Mike, you know, I mean, he gave his word to a lot of people, but I think the primary person in this instance was Marianne, And so for him to just kind of follow through on that was was a good sign. Um, I mean, what do you think?
5: Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jack. It reminded me of Ghost Island. I knew Laurel was not going home that night, but I also knew that there were times in the game I made all these promises to her and I was like, this to me, this seals the deal. You're my sister. I'm giving you this. Whether you see zero votes, whether you see all the votes, I'm protecting you tonight because I gave you my word this whole season. In this case, Mike, we know he's a loyalty guy. It could have been, could have been a lot of things. It could have been him saying, Marianne, I I wanted to protect you this whole game. I gave you my word. I'm showing the jury that I gave you my word. But also at this stage in the game, knowing that Lindsay's going home, Mike is very certain, and we start seeing it through the episode, that he is the leader of the pack, that he is the top dog, that he's the man to beat. So he can bring anybody. And I think at I think at this point he's even um not I I, I don't think he's fully aware of Marianne's threat level. And how much of a shark she's about to be in this final tribal council? So he's like, you know what? I just want immunity. I got my idol. I'ma pass this to her, and I'm gonna go through and win
1: this game. So, my next question to you guys is uh from a jury perspective, who do you respect more? Mike, if and, and, and just put yourself like Jack, you Roxroy, uh Wendell, your Drea, and you see this, and if they, which we know, make it to the final, do you respect Mike more for giving the idol or do you respect Marianne more for being able to have that connection where he will want to play it for her more? Because I, I feel like they're both a ve- like very telling and a very strong uh Decision uh, again for Mike to give it to her, but also to be like, well, well, all right, Marianne, yeah, you got this connection with him. Where he willing to give you your eye? Like, you know, it, it kind of like. Where do y'all see that?
5: Can I take this first, Jack? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. If if you're Roxbury and if I'm Drea, I'm respecting. I'm 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 thinking I'm leaning towards Mike because if you think about those particular players and what they value, I think they value that kind of a play as opposed to Marianne's whole 20, however many days of working that angle with Mike and getting in with Mike. And that, I think they see Mike as this powerhouse power player. Boom. I'm protecting you. Let's go. Follow me. As opposed to someone that like an Omer who might've seen the finesse of Marianne working that angle and working her way in with Mike in a more gentle, um, like discreet, like, uh, long-term
1: approach that's where and, i'm yeah. coming from and jack answer from your perspective like if you were out there yeah if you were watching that, it
3: what would you that's like? how i took the question because i was like "Rocks, going to be Like, i love i love mike uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but i think like wendell said it just depends what you value and for me on, i think on the jury sort of the visible move of mike doing that is a little bit more exciting But then I think once you hear, especially when Marianne lays it out at Final Tribal Council, how she set that up to happen for her, especially the fact that she had an idol, I think that's much more respectable than Mike just giving away an idol that he kind of has to give away. Um, And I do want to backpuddle real quick to one thing that was really, like, very present in my mind as we went into this tribal. I really thought, you know, going into this finale, especially once it got rolling, I felt very strongly that Marianne was probably going to win. and. Going to this tribal, I I thought there was a a chance for a really signature move by Marianne and my friends that I was watching it with. uh, Unfortunately, not in L.A. We were all saying, what if Mike plays his idol for Marianne and then Marianne goes in behind him and plays her idol for Lindsay? And then they vote out Jonathan. That's what I thought was going to happen. I actually think it's smart of Marianne that she did not do that. But I thought that would have been a really crazy move. But I want to hear what you guys would think of a move like that by Marianne. Because it's obviously a huge move. But I think it's smarter to get Lindsay out.
1: So, I mean, I I think that, first of all, television-wise, I think that that would be on the floor great. Uh, But I then think if Marianne were to do that, um, does – and again, is is this the time to flex your muscles or would that be like if you were to do that, then everyone is like, oh, you're going to win. And we got to do everything that we can do to ensure that you don't win and that you play. Like, it, it, I think that it's a great move. But does that then illuminate your light too much? But then again, this is the end. So why aren't we and, shine bright like a diamond?
3: And you would be keeping Lindsay in who that's might still bright, be a like bigger threat than like- you.
1: But right, um, but if you were to do that, then there's no way that Lindsay, I, I feel like people will respect that, like, even if it were her and Lindsay at the end, there was, there's no way that people could overlook what Marianne just did. If,
5: oh, Marianne, no, I, I, go ahead, if Marianne makes that move, Marianne better be great at making fire, because she is going to have to make fire if she doesn't win that final four immunity challenge. And we haven't, seen her prove herself as this immunity challenge winner so yes if she makes this move on jonathan the optics will be crazy that's a crazy tribal i think uh i think that might have been in my head at some point over the last week too like mike is promising this idol to her what if she does something to save to save someone and they get this goliath who's been this this whatever in the game out and it's little Marianne that does that to giant and it's what? Mike's closest ally who he's,
3: mm-hmm. she's now but so I was really excited to potentially see that but I do think it was not the best move because I think just by going with the flow getting out of Lindsay if you save a Lindsay you know you're at least giving her a chance to make fire and I felt like at that point Lindsay was really the only biggest competitor for Marianne so it's like why save her and risk it when there's a good chance you could slide through to the to the end anyways and that's exactly what she did but I thought it would have been a, a legendary move by Marianne. But who knows how it would have worked out? Um, but it would have been a really, really cool to see. No, that would have been epic. And
1: unfortunately, not you. Double out oh. No, this is for my lips now. The petroleum
5: vaseline, especially the one with the cocoa butter in it. Yes, mine is a little rugged right now, but it's like it's like the universal solvent. Like you can use it on your lips. Use it on your. This is because I haven't. I don't have my commercials today. Use it on your cracked skin. Use it on your knuckles. Use it on your cuticles. We're not clapping because we don't have commercials today.
1: But so so now we get a commercial of Wendy's for for Vaseline. Vaseline. Listen, Vaseline, y'all better hit them up. Okay. Okay. So Uh, who goes home? So,
5: so sadly, uh, our girl Lindsay goes home. What a what a great player! If Lindsay would have won, you know what? If Lindsay would have gotten to the end and won. I'm putting her like up there as one of these, I think, I think, I truly think Sarah Lucina is one of these greats. Like she's just so great at competing. And when I see a Lindsay, I'm like, man, Lindsay is like one of those great competitors that she just, like one of those total packages that have it kind of like, like Sarah Lucina. So Lindsay would have been great, but uh, this, this, this awesome competitor is out at final five.
3: Yeah, it was a shame we didn't see more Lindsay up until the last few episodes because I felt like she always had her finger on the pulse of the game. Like, uh, even uh, even that, that one episode where they had the double tribal and Jonathan won that immunity and he was kind of talking down to Lindsay, that was sort of the first time she wasn't getting a lot of screen time, but we saw her kind of hit the nail on the head to Jonathan and say, like, here's your plan and this these are like three reasons why it's wrong and here's what we should do because this is the way that this person perceives this person and this is the way that this person perceives this person. And it was just dead accurate from what we'd seen. And up until that point, we hadn't really seen a whole lot of Lindsay at all. So she definitely seemed like a great player. Uh, and I, you know, it was a lot of fun watching her in the last few episodes because she was crushing it. Just wish we had seen a little bit more of her early on, to be honest with you. I concur with that, Jack. However, I think with the new
1: style of editing, um, I think that I I don't know if anyone like me out there watches, but when I watch Survivor, I always am looking for the winner edit. Like, I'm always looking for like, ooh, who is like, you know, and so how they have been these last seasons, especially with the Erica, I always am like, who is somebody that's laying low and kind of emerging? And I think that very moment with Jonathan and when she had that disagreement, was the first time that I said in my head is Lindsay the winner could li-? like, you know, and so for me, uh, I, I would have loved to see more, but in that moment, it made me afterwards focus in so much more on her that I am kind of sort of grateful because I don't know if I would have felt the same way that I feel about her.
5: Okay. And I noticed I was looking at my notes. I noticed I, I took a missed note. I said day twenty-five at the last challenge. Now we are on day twenty-five. This is the last challenge, the day before final tribal, which is day twenty-six. And so I had to correct myself, you know. Players mess up, you know what I'm saying? So day twenty five challenge is the ball maze. This this is Samotion. Sumotion, yes. Marianne knew the that name. That of the, of the challenge because Marianne is a true student of the game. Jeff asks each player individually, like about the moment and everything. And um, we get some good, some good content there. I think um, our buddy Mike explains how he's, you know, th- this has been a dream for 21 years and um, we get down to Marianne and she makes this real impassioned passions speech where she talks about her family and how some of them have have kind of been driven apart from one another but if this moment this powerful moment of hers could be a moment of them watching her and them coming together as as a family to watch her conquer this you know incredible moment so that was uh that was her speech um I'm giggling a little bit because we get into it. Mike was, like, ready to go and everything. We get into the challenge. And, like, in the first couple of minutes, Mike drops his ball, man. Like, he Bryce, don't make any faces. In the first couple of minutes, and and for those listening, this is a ball challenge where you, all you have to do is grab it from the bottom oh. and put it in the top. Uh-oh. So, you oh, grab uh, Okay. Oh, okay. Wait. Okay. Go, go, go again, Wendy. So team. you grab it from the bottom. Oh, <laughs> oh. And then you drop it up top, and, and the ball goes through this little maze, and halfway through, it either goes right or it goes left. So it alternates. So every time, you got to grab it from the right. Then over oh. here, you got to <gasps> grab it from the left. <laughs> so that's all you need to do. You got to really focus. You guys listen here, okay? Pause. Pause. Okay. Pause. I'll blow the whistle on my song. Okay.
4: <laughs> oh, I'm
1: sorry. When well, Jesus said you got, grab it from the right, then go over here. Grab it from the left. Jiggle it, baby. Grab it from the right. Grab it from the left and jiggle it, baby. Drop it at the top. Grab it from the left. Grab it from the right and jiggle it, baby. <laughs>
5: Drop it at the top. Grab hey. it from the right.
1: Jiggle
3: it, baby. Yeah. Drop it on the
1: top. Wait, Jack. Can we see you do it a? Can we see you do
2: a? Jiggley baby. Jiggly baby.
3: Jiggle baby.
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and
2: groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
0: Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh-huh. Uh, No, It was so funny when Mike <laughs> dropped. It was so funny when Mike dropped because Jeff was like, Mike. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> he said you this was a warm-up, thing. Mike. <laughs> Mike's like, Jeff, I know. I just dropped it. I'm sorry. He said it just flipped out of my head. And he tried to yeah. put it back up top. He, like, it <laughs> yeah, he tried to play it off. And I, I mean, was like, I, uh, uh,
5: like... Like, bro, they're watching uh, you. There's a lot of cameras on you. <laughs> <laughs> I but made said, this ball my word. I wouldn't drop it. Bro, Bryce, you have to... <laughs> The image of Mike standing with his hand on his hip. He was literally frozen there for like five minutes. Just like, I can't believe this. Yeah. So, that was so funny. Probes called him out. You dropped it in the warm up phase. And then um, and then Marianne drops. And then we, we get a showdown between Romeo, this very small in stature person, and the Goliath that is Jonathan, right? They add a third ball. The balls are moving. Grab it from the left. Grab it from the right. right. Jingle it, baby. Hey, railroad- drop it up. Top, grab it from the left. Grab it from the right. And jingle y- backs- it, baby. Drop it at the top. Grab spreadând- deer- haga- it from the left. Grab it from the right. And jingle it, baby. Grab regions- it from the left. And then twoتي- ones- grab guys- it from that right. And jingle it, baby. Drop it on the top. Grab it from the left. it the right. And jingle baby. Drop it on the top. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yo, that's going to be a hook to a song. That might be a new one. We need to get, uh, what's our boy, JCR? To, uh, yeah, to edit it.
1: Rivera and listen, we might need to get it, but listen, you got to do the dance. It's the Jiggly Baby.
3: <laughs> this is going to be a remix of one of Bryce's songs. I always <laughs> yeah. uh, get the party started when I grab <laughs> it. Right right. right. <laughs> <I'm> baby. <back laughs> Jiggly Baby. Jiggly Baby. Drop it right top. <laughs> okay.
5: Okay. Okay. So we have this showdown. And so, and you have to strategically drop those balls (laughs) because as you're adding them, they go down, (laughs) this is, this sounds terrible, but as you, as you continue to add more balls, you have to keep grabbing them and they go fast. And I just feel so uncomfortable explaining this, but ultimately Jonathan drops. His ball. Oh. And Romeo wins his first immunity challenge and what is probably the most important immunity challenge of the season.
1: Listen, now, did I have the foresight? Because last episode I said could it, would it, should it be enough for Romeo? And y'all know I've been on here screaming and cheering for my baby boy Romeo, you know, yeah. or I just have not been a subscriber to the Romeo hate and I feel like look at baby boy and so to anyone that is saying he's a goat, he's this, he's he earned like, those zero he, votes he... Jack, we gonna get you Jack, but you not gonna
3: do my no. baby boy, wrong?
1: but no, I mean I I'm not saying. Romeo.
3: I like Romeo, but
1: but I, I think that this, for me, honestly, like, could Romeo win? Probably not. However, for me, I just was so happy for to see him win because he earned his spot as number three. And you can't take that away from him. We see him making a fake idol as much as it might not look like an idol, but he's locked in. He's doing what he can do from where he can. And to me, that's not a GOAT. That's a player. Sometimes the way the cards, the way the deck folds, the way the balls drop, you can't catch them all from the left or the right. But he was jiggling it, baby. And he did what he needed to do. And so I just want to say that I, I have a lot of respect and admiration for romeo a lot of the time in survivor uh lgbtq plus people of people of color do not often do well in the game of survivor um you know we do have lgbtq plus winners but they are like normally white gay men we don't get to see uh players of color that are gay do well um and you know last season we had ricard which is just such a like champion for us and now we get a Romeo uh, I just for me the Romeo player just means a lot more to me because I see a lot of myself in Romeo not that I can't see myself in other uh Pause. LGBTQ plus players Pause. but uh, but yeah. I am just saying for me specifically to see a, a gay man of color get number three win the last challenge make a fake idol yeah. I so for me it just means a lot more and so I, I just had the opportunity to, to see the baby boy and I just was able to give him his flowers. And it just was just, it's just great. So I, yeah. I, I don't su- subscribe to the Romeo hate. He is not a goat. And this goes to show you and to anybody out there, cause you know, spicy Bryce is here right now. Anybody out there that got negative things to say about the baby oh baby boy, Romeo, let me ask you this. How many immunity challenges have you won? Oh. I'll wait. Okay, so we can continue. Sorry, because you know I gotta take up for my baby boy.
3: I will say Romeo's like arc was kind of interesting because pre-merge, he and Drea were a very strong duo. So it was just like I don't really know what happened once they hit the merge. I th- I guess, I guess, like he said at Final Travel, he he felt like how I kind of replaced him and started to get paranoid, and that just led to him kind of his game crumbling a little bit. Um, I also will say at this Final Four challenge, going into it, my friends and I were saying like it would be the most interesting if Romeo won because then there's some unpredictability about what who's going to make fire, what's going to happen. So not only did he win and secure his spot, but it also made things a lot more interesting, which I really appreciate.
5: Yeah, and just to <coughs> add on to uh, to this Romeo thing, like Bryce, I'm with you. I I, I wouldn't consider him a goat. I would say that the edit the edit wasn't the friendliest to him for other reasons. I mean, there were other characters and stories that had to be told to get certain people out at certain times. But um yeah, I and and even with that that idol play that he did, I think that there might have been some like true convincing the, the other people that he what he had was a real idol or something. Because yeah, I just I just think that. I agree. I don't think I don't think he's a goat. And I'm very glad that we had a Romeo um, make it this far, win this final challenge. Um, Ultimately, he didn't get any votes. But yeah, I'm I'm on board with you, Bryce, about
1: our baby boy, Romeo. I I just think about his story when him and High were talking and like, you know, even with his sexuality, he's not all the way out to a lot of his families. He's worried how he might be perceived. And again, I think about Marianne saying uh, her family uh, doesn't always come together. And I just think of like, look at some of Romeo's families that may not accept his lifestyle or may not like, and they can look at him and say like, you may, like you won the final immunity challenge. You are numbered. Like, you know, it, it's just, it's a real powerful moment uh, for a lot of reasons. And I, for me, it resonates with me and again i just am just happy to have some representation uh in the final three in a community that i uh reside in and especially in a community that is always not so favorable to people of color the lgbtq plus but uh at times we need role role models and to see imagery like this i think that it is extremely important so i just i choose to i got a lot of baby boys on this season uh but i just want to ensure that you know romeo knows that uh I see him and that for me, it it makes me proud. It makes me think of when Evie was winning immunity challenges, when Ricard was winning immunity challenges. It it gives me a a sense of pride. Uh, I I couldn't do it. And, you know, uh, for me to just to know that it's possible and to know that any queer person out there doesn't matter your uh, ethnicity. It doesn't matter your race your color your creed but just to see it um and for somebody to have been on the bottom so long for somebody to like always count it out for his name to always have been on the chopping block for him to come out and say what's up vote me out now and <laughs> it's just you can't so i i sorry i just it just gives me yeah. chills
5: price I'll, I'll give you some flowers you're you you speak these things and you are a big part of the evolution and, and now you're kind of at the forefront of of asking for things and you, you champion these people. Now we've seen, like you said, a Ricard, we've seen a high among others, Evie, et cetera, et cetera. We're, America is going to get used to seeing the people in the LGBTQ community competing at a high level, going far. This is something that we're going to start seeing. And I think it's so important that that story is told, and that America sees that people in this community are competing that hard they're great characters they they're you know i i just i'm just very very thankful that now that is becoming more widespread and um and bryce again you you've championed that cause for a very long time, and you conti- continue to push a needle and you even you want to see even more representation.
1: If At, I- yes.
5: t- Go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I'm just saying, absolutely. I think that, uh, again, when we speak about diversity and we speak about representation, it's not just about people like Black people. It's not, you know, we uh, we want to see more. We want to see more Muslims, Asians, I- any creed. Uh, but specifically to me in the LGBTQ plus community, I think that in the inception of Survivor, it's done a great job of, you know, showing people uh, that are, you know, in the LGBTQ plus community. However, my one call in to CBS and anyone that else is listening is that they've had a great trans, uh, representation. Uh, however, I just say that we've had two, uh, white trans men and I think that that representation is great and I love to see it. However, I want to see more. I think that, you know, with June coming up and it being Pride Month, uh, I just would be remiss without saying that, uh, I would love to see a black trans woman on Survivor. I think that that is, would be historic just to see in itself. And when we look at the demographic of trans, specifically in this country of Black trans women and the rate of homicide and the rate that they get killed in this country and their cases go unsolved, the police don't care. They don't look, it, it is astounding. And at times black trans women or trans people in general have to turn to sex work uh, to be able to make ends meet because they cannot assimilate into the society. And I think that we've got great representation out in the community. We have so many more uh, trans people out there, but I think this is, would be a great oh, opportunity for survivor to open the door um, and, and show us more of what a trans community looks like. And, you know, show us more of what a, the black trans community looks like. I think that it is just so important and especially to our Black trans uh friends and my black trans sisters out there, like I see you, I try to use my voice as much as I can, and as much as I speak about being an othered and how I feel on situations, I realize my privilege in the lgbtq plus community and I see where they are lacking, and I will at any time always choose to be an ally to the trans community and i I think that that would just be something so great and moving uh to see that on. A season of survivor, so my fingers can only be crossed, but you know your baby boy is always going to speak up and speak out
5: yeah um it's friday may twenty seventh twenty twenty two you guys heard bryce isaiah say that, and when bryce speaks, things happen um i'm gonna help elevate his voice, so is jack and my prediction is that we will see a black trans woman on survivor by season forty five forty six so Um, if, yeah, so that's, that's a bold prediction. I love putting things out there and Bryce does too.
1: And, and if y'all, if if any one in the trans community is listening, apply, let them know why your voice, why your visibility and why at the the very least you would slay the game. Okay. Mm -hmm. We want to see it.
5: And I mean at, at our watch party, you know we recruit heavy. We are always telling people to apply. When we look you in the eye, when we tell you to apply, we're not playing. Like we see something in you. So, you know, a- apply. The, this is this is this is your show. Apply. Um, so that that's our little pitch. But uh, we are back to the island after Romeo one. Romeo's feeling good about himself. He beat big bad, big bad Jonathan. Um, this was this was for all those times that he felt some kind of way on the island, or people ostracized him, or any of that. Now he is the what was he saying? Like he's the pageant queen, or he's he's the one that people are coming to, and he's feeling good about himself. And we get an instance where Mike talks to Romeo. He says if I beat Jonathan in fire, because now Romeo has to consider who to bring to the final, who to bring to the final two and who to send to make fire against one another. So Mike's pitch is if I beat Jonathan at fire, then you have to beat me and Marianne. But if you take Jonathan right to the end, as opposed to taking a, a Marianne, if you take Jonathan to the end, then Mike will have to beat a Marianne in fire. And he's like, then it's just, then you just have to worry about me. Basically, what he is pitching is that in bringing a Jonathan to the end, then it's a Romeo versus Mike battle at the end. Whereas if he brings a Marianne, then he has to worry about Marianne and Mike, if or Marianne and whoever wins fire.
1: I think, I, and I I liked when Mike did that, but I also thought of like, is Mike looking at it from the perspective of? does Romeo believe that he has a shot to win? Or maybe is Romeo, you know what I mean, doing yeah. it like going to bring someone else for other reasons. And I thought that that pitch was great. However, I, w- I would have loved it if in that moment, maybe Mike would have picked, like, I don't know. He could have pitched something else in a different way because I think that, um, I don't know what Romeo's thought is at this point, whether or not he has a chance, but there is a possibility that Romeo could think that, like, I might be at number three. And, and I actually may, I might not have a vote, but this might be my way of casting a vote.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I also think like, I think it was a good pitch by Mike because if Romeo brings Jonathan, Jonathan is probably the best person to beat. So now you only are going to have to worry about one person guaranteed. But if Romeo is worried that Mike is the biggest threat, then why not put the best fire maker in against him and take him out? Because if you think, you know, if you think Mike's the biggest threat, you put him in against Marianne, well, Marianne might lose. Although Marianne showed that she's got some good fire making abilities. But um I, I think if, if they if, if Romeo did like if Romeo was really fixed on actually trying to win and thought that, you know, Mike was the biggest threat, you gotta do the what you can to take out Mike. If you think Marianne's the biggest threat, you gotta do what you, th- you can do to take out Marianne. Although I do think Jonathan like ensuring that Jonathan comes with you isn't a bad move. Cause maybe if I'm Romeo, I think maybe I'm like Maybe there's a world where nobody really likes Jonathan because he's his his social game wasn't very good, and maybe maybe people are pissed at Mike because he was making too many promises and people are bitter at Mike. Maybe somehow I get a couple of votes um but Mike's whole pitch relied on the fact that he would beat Marianne or whatever and that um or that he would beat Jonathan too, and that he like Romeo would have to face both people. I don't know it was just...
5: yeah for. I I Mike was really starting to feel himself this like yeah. that Mike was Mike was like yeah this is my game to lose. And if I'm being honest, had Marianne not came through in that final tribal, if they would have just voted without a final tribal, I think Mike would have won. Like I think it was his game to lose going into final tribal because Marianne hadn't communicated her game fully yet and that's what final tribal is for. So um Mike is feeling himself and no he didn't i guess i guess what he was trying to tell romeo is that you know it's going to be between you and i but like you said if if romeo even thinks that he can beat him but um yeah, yeah my, mike go ahead what what I,
1: I I think that also it it plays into a lot of the social game of survivor in the sense of What I always say: talk to everybody. And here's a great chance where now the person that y'all didn't put their name on the block every every week was the 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 goat or not the goat, but the what's the 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 fake out goat every Uh, week, the scapegoat scapegoat every week now he is in a position of power and it would behoove you to always maintain a sense of relationship to that person because in these situations now like you're coming at the ninth hour asking for a favor however if you was built a uh, a stronger relationship with the romeo uh maybe he could have swayed a, li- a, a he could have swayed a little differently um and so i think that he uh, again, I, I just uh, I think it leads a lot more to leading up to this, and at times people are just fighting for where they're at now. But I think good relationship skills work uh, to the end, and especially when yeah. you see somebody at the bottom, I think that it means
3: uh, use them more, like, yeah, bring them in just more. In all of France, yeah, right. But I, I do like Mike's approach because it's like, a if he goes against Jonathan, he might have a pretty a not great chance to win uh, the, the fire making. And then if he goes against Marianne, not only is his f- chance of fire making probably a little bit better, but you also take would be taking out your biggest competition. So then if Mike beats Marianne, I think he definitely wins the game. So um not mad at the strategy of Mike to just kind of accept that and, and go for it. Yeah, no.
1: And I mean, and I, I'm not mad. Matt, Mike should be, I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling
3: myself. I'm feeling myself. myself."
1: Like, he should be. Mike did, like, again, I, uh, if I were Mike, I would be feeling like, it's my game to win. So, I, Mm -hmm. I, I'm not mad at his pitch. So, where we at,
5: Wendy? So, um, we also, we get a moment where we, we see, um, we see Marianne teaching Jonathan how to make fire. And that's because um, it would behoove her for Jonathan to get to the end and not Mike, because a lot of people on this island are recognizing how much of a threat Mike is. We also get Mike saying to Jonathan, hey, if Romeo gives you an out, you better take it. Like if Romeo takes Jonathan to the end, he should go as opposed to doing something slick like saying, no, nah, I'm about to make fire against Mike. Um. Then we get a confessional from Mike. If I win fire tonight,
1: I win a million dollars. So, do you know how we always say on this podcast, it's like uh, your words, uh, sometimes they like those clips of them being like, well, I'm safe tonight and I ain't have (laughs) to worry. Do you feel like uh, when you're out there in Survivor uh, and you're in those interviews, you should uh, not give? the producers those clips uh because it couldn't it be like bad luck. Do we need to knock do we need to knock on wood or like
5: generally speaking, Bryce? Yes. Throughout the game. Yes. Like be, be careful with those words of I'm so safe. Oh, I'm perfect. Oh, it's easy vote tonight. All of that. Now at the final four, this is an emotional time. Like, I think I remember at, like yeah, the final four and the final three. they like, and you have, the they get you with these confessionals, these these interviews. I feel like, I feel like I might I might have been crying through a whole interview of mine, and I think Dom was also. So not just me. I think Dom was also. But they they pull a lot of content out of you this last day or two days, and in Mike's case, he's he's really. He sees the end. And yeah, this is one of those things where he's basically like, This is all I need to do and it's mine. And he communicated that. But but like you said, Bryce, this is one of those times where you're giving them that sound like for them to, to get you. Um so yeah, I, I don't know. It's but usually, usually, usually be careful with your words. But during that last moment it's 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 extra hard. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: But I will say as a fan, when Mike said that, I was like, oh, he going to get the fire. He going to get the fire. he gonna like." Mm-hmm. I, I felt like that energy. I, I don't know. like mm-hmm. I just felt like when he said that, I was like, oh, he going to get the fire. He going to get the fire. And I just feel like, you know, uh. Mike responds to my comments on the Instagram. So, you know, I just have to, mm-hmm. you know, root for that baby boy. That is the Mike.
3: Mm-hmm. Anything, Jack? No, I just, uh, I was excited to see Like we were going into fire making. We don't know exactly what the decision is going to be. So that was very exciting. Exactly. Kind of like why I was excited that Romeo won the challenge because it left things more up in the air. Like had Marianne won the challenge, I would have been like, all right, Marianne's about to win the game, like kind of boring rest of the episode. So yeah, I was just excited to see the the fire making showdown with whoever was going to be in it.
5: Right. So then we get, we get to this tribal and I think at some point Mike says, I feel like, feel like it's going to be me and Jonathan. They're putting their best fire starter against me. So again, is Mike feeling himself, letting the yeah. jury know, like they, they got to pull out their best artillery to get me out of here. Um, and then Romeo says, I'm going with my gut tonight. I'm taking Marianne with me. So it's clear. Yeah. Mike, they're putting who they think it, they're, whatever his reason is, Jonathan now is going against you, and Jonathan is a pretty good fire making fire maker. And then we get Jonathan looking over to him, saying, "I love you, brother." And then they start making fires. Jonathan, (laughs) hey, hey, Hey. okay, nope, Mm -mm. Nope. he loves him. Um, Yeah, yeah,
3: (laughs) and then they get into the fire, and it was a. it was definitely a really good battle. I mean to be expected considering Marianne, Jonathan, Mike all showed some chops in the before the tribal council with their fire making. So yeah, it was a good battle. Um I mean did, did any what do you what do you all think about that fire making? Any anything in particular?
1: Uh I yeah I don't know. I was like for for the first like couple of seconds I'm like, what are they doing? Do Survivor have a fan that we don't see that like why, like I just was like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, Mike Fire just said, We going to the end. Whoa! <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. I, I like seeing Mike when he you you see how it's like you see it in his face and his in his in his body, you see it just how um grateful and excited and proud. It's like you see. 21 years of watching and loving this show in him and, and how, how thankful he is. And, and uh, yeah, so he wins the final fire-making challenge. And Jonathan goes up to Jeff. He says, Jeff, I fought the good fight.
1: Mr. Mr. Jeff.
5: Mr. Jeff, I fought the good fight. Yeah, you did. Yeah, sure. Um, and then Jeff snuffs his torch, and Jonathan is out of here. Uh do we have anything to say about Jonathan like I didn't think he would make it this far I had my assumptions going into the game where he would be eliminated and mm. there were times where he I he, he made it further than I thought he would make it That's what I have to say about Jonathan
3: Yeah it was it was kind of weird that he went out on fire making cuz that's sort of like the one spot you don't expect him to go out cuz he's such a survivalist fire. Yeah Yeah
5: and that's what uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what, if, when I start thinking about the final four, it's a challenge. And then the winner brings someone. And then the last two people have another challenge. So I think about the type of player that, that has the best shots at this. It's like, you got two challenges. If you're giving me two cracks at getting into that final three, thank you survivor gods. I love, I love that. So I, again, I think that it's, this setup is built for a Jonathan to have the most shots at getting to that end. And, uh, he couldn't make it happen. Sorry. See ya. So then, um, Mike wins. And now we have our final three survivor 42.
3: And, and the Mike win was nice too. Cause it, it makes the final three a little bit more competitive, I feel like. And so that kept, kept people, kept me on my toes a little bit. Kept me wondering what was going to happen, and, and I just felt like the Mike versus Marianne battle was going to be a little bit more exciting than like Marianne versus Jonathan and Romeo. Um, but yeah, they they get into it for the final three.
5: I I will say briefly, I was looking forward to Mike being at the final. Th- I'm sorry, Jonathan sitting at the final three because I want him to have to wreck get
3: lit up.
4: Hey, we're gonna his ass. Yeah,
5: yeah, I did want to see that, but um. That's right. Anyway, we have this wonderful final th- final three: Romeo, Marianne, and Mike. Um, this is we we have day twenty six, the day twenty six feast. Bryce, do you have anything? I I know that you're a, a man of of loving these feasts and these milestone feasts. So I just wanted to ask you if you feel like.
1: I, well, you know me, I, uh, there's love the merge feast and I love the, the day 26 feast. Uh, you know, historically on the day 26 feast, they get like the bacon and they be cooking the egg. And I just, uh, you know me, I just love it. I just love to watch them and cook It's just have the feast. I think that it's, uh, so amazing. Uh, and, you know, didn't really have aspirations of winning Survivor, but, you know, one thing, two things I wanted to do was just, you know, maybe make the merge feast and make the final three feasts and just cook up the, I would just, can you just imagine me out there like, uh, <laughs> Mike, how you want your eggs? Uh, I'm gonna get, <laughs> like, I, like, I I would just give a whole cooking segment. I don't know why, for me, as always, a Survivor fan, that's just, like, my favorite part to watch them have the merge feast reflect um, and just I just love it. The one thing that I do miss is I do miss on the older seasons of Survivor and I feel like on my season Kageyan, I was cut short of, you know, normally when after the Merge Feast and after like the their day together, they go around and they go uh, walking around the island and they talk about each of the player that has, like, surpassed, and they'll, like, show an image of them. And The be rites like, yeah, of passage. The rites yeah. of passage. I, like, I just, on Kageyan, I wanted them to just hit me with a little, and dot, 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 <laughs> hmm?
4: you know, or
1: something. But I, uh, I I miss the rite of passage. I, I understand they, like, cut it out. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I miss, like the auction. Uh, but I, I miss the rite of passage. But I do love a good merge piece.
5: Bryce, what if what if they what if you were part of the the day twenty six feast and they had you bring the food out and prepare yes, this
1: man? I, I it it would be an honor. Could you imagine me and my shoes? Then I'm just supposed to bring it out, but then I like stay and crack the eggs and start cooking <laughs> the bacon. And yeah, they like, like you got to go. No, I'm here.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, that w- that would be great, Bryce. You're gonna make it to one of those feasts one day. Um we get clips of jurors during this time and uh Mike's Mike's starting to think about like, what will I say to the jury? And we have this this kind of montage of the jury sitting there and uh them saying what they want to hear. Um a lot of them you get them saying, Hey, Mike made all these promises and he was playing like a stand-up guy, but we think he might have actually been a snake, and if he owns that, then that's gonna give me what I need to hear. Um,
3: and I love I that understand. they added this, this jury speaks segment to the show. I thought that was really wait, like a great way to segue into that final tribal council, see what the players needed to do. And just kind of hear back a little bit from all the players that had gone out.
5: That's usually like a Ponderosa video type thing, right? Yeah. 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 I like how they incorporated that. Cause you see, and like, you saw them just sitting up, getting ready to talk. And then it's like the jury and i like when the jurors take their job seriously cuz this is this is a a serious game for a lot of money and you see them getting ready and getting locked and loaded to ask the the difficult questions i even heard i feel like it was omer alluding to um just you know what kind of player you are are you this player that player or are you the cockroach that found a way to get through the whatever and get to the end and i i think that in hearing that from him and maybe someone else, they were trying to say, "Hey, look, Romeo has a shot. Romeo is this nagging thing that didn't go away and and made it through whatever it was. So if there's a way that he can harness that and explain that and communicate that, then maybe there's a way that he can even garner some votes that's just that's just what i what I gathered from that, but that was a cool yeah. cool bit um We get a a moment where Marion says, I know I can close the deal. Mm. You know, she's, she's building her confidence. She's building her, her game. And then finally we get to final, final tribal. The first thing I noticed was in the jury, High's button up was opened up and he had a feminist shirt on.
1: Mm.
5: And I, I I love that. I, I love that. I love that. I I feel like I have shirts like that and things like that or things with messages, but I feel like I wouldn't, I would never even think that they would allow me to to wear it. But in this new era of survivor, I think that they are willing to communicate the right messages. So I, I really like that shirt. The first question was from Omer. He said, what was your survival of the fittest strategy? And again, he, he alluded to the cockroach thing, how cockroaches made it through whatever stages of evolution or what whatever. And, um, He just, he wanted people to really own their game. He kind of threw it out there and said, what, what, what got you guys there? Um, Toy says, Uh, Mike, you're, oh, go ahead.
3: I wanted to say for this question, I I really liked how Marianne handled this question and it was kind of subtle, but I think Omar's question really pointed to like, you know, like Darwinism survival of the fittest where, you know, a species that the only, the strongest of that species are going to survive. And so The other players answers were sort of about like, you know, what did they do right in the game to survive? And it was, it was very sort of, it was kind of not answering the question. Marianne, I felt like she identified that species, that species that was in trouble, which was those players that were under 25, whether that was a a factor, Mm -hmm. sorry, those players that are under 25 that are strategic, whether that was a factor or not, she said, Hey, this was my species. And and they were all going extinct. So for me to survive, I had to change this way. And that really du- uh, appealed directly to what the question was asking. So I, I just wanted to say, like, I thought that was a great answer. And, and what she kind of needed to do to kick off the tribal.
5: You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, uh, we get we get a uh, we get a heated moment between High and Romeo where High says, like, you threw a hinky vote at me and gas lit me. And yeah, and Ro- Romeo Romeo was like throwing these little sneak boats out every which way, whether it was to protect his word or whether it was to shake things up. And um, yeah, so that was. I
3: don't love that implementation of gaslight though. From high, like that's gaslight's yeah, a pretty strong a word. Strong and people word. toss it around really liberally these days. But it's like we're playing Survivor. That's called lying. That's not gaslighting. You know, like. Um, that that's kind of a minor thing, but I just thought like, like it's just lying. Like it's not, yeah, it's manipulating. That's what survivors about, right? Yep. And I also just think like, well, what what's Romeo
1: to do? Like he never was in the, like you know the know at that point in time. And so uh, again, another thing uh, for me that I what I respect about Romeo was that like he's still putting these votes out. Like, you know what I mean? He's still not like, I mean, he's still trying to make something happen. And I I can get where high, I don't get the gaslighting part, but I can get where somebody write your name down. You hold that resentment. But again, I True. still think Romeo was out there t- trying to do his thing.
5: Yeah. We also get a moment where Omer, uh, where Omer um, and Chanel and Lindsay kind of uh, b- bounce off each other where they're telling Mike, hey, you're a man of integrity. Um, and Chanel says like, how many people did you give your word to and lie to their faces? Mike says everyone but Roxroy, um, until they deceived me first. And um, Hi says something like, "You didn't realize Omar was lying to you the whole game," which is which speaks to like Mike being a uh, not not really understanding it all. And Lynn said something to the tune of, "You you feel like." You're allowed to go talk to everyone and make all these connections, but from your perspective, it's not okay when other people do that same thing. So that was when they started yeah. getting on, getting on
3: uh, and Mike. Just to dive in on Mike's game, like I think this goes back even to around the merge or even pre-merge when I talk when we talk and I'd say like, I think Mike is such a breath of fresh air the way he's playing the game because his instincts for strategy are so good but he plays such an old school style social game. And I think that just kind of epitomizes where he went wrong, like why he got to the end, but why he didn't win. Right? Because for me, it's like if Mike, the path Mike took through this game, if he was consistently articulating why this move and this move was like what he wanted to do and why he was using his, his perceived loyalty to blindside people and this and that, Mike would go down as a as one of the greatest players in the last few years. I feel like, um, but because he wasn't even like cognizant of the the way that he was manipulating people and and things like that, he was sort of not to say bumbling through. Like he was clearly doing things intentionally, but he kept kind of contradicting himself and not really being aware of like of, of almost how good some of his moves were because he was like, right. oh well, this is just me being loyal. But it's like, no, dude, you're the reason you're contradicting yourself is because you have loyalty with so many people. Harness that and be like, now it's the time to put the, the pedal to the metal and start using those, that, those loyalties to, to cut some throats. Um, and I, I think that's what the jury kind of wanted him to say. I think if he says something along those lines, he, he might win the game. Um, but it was just such an interesting like juxtaposition of the way that he played the game, but also like the way that he, in actuality, like his game versus like how he perceived his own game. Was right. such an interesting contrast that I can't really remember seeing from anyone. So,
1: and like to Mike's defense, or again, because I feel like Mike is one of the favorite people that we enjoy to watch for yeah. gameplay, for commentary, and for like you know one-liners. And I yeah. think watching the game, I, I definitely think that Mike believes that he is loyal. Like I don't know, it's like a weird kind of like Jedi mind trick. Like I, I there is something that resonates with me where like, I feel like I, he is being honest. Uh, However, when you come under attack, it's feeling like all holds against me, but like, I, so I don't know. There's just a a part of me that I understand what Mike is coming from. And I wish in those questions, uh, he would have answered a little differently because I think Mm -hmm. that had he let his guard down. And again, I think with Mike, it's also a pride thing, like where I think it's an, uh, an, a generational thing where like your word means everything. And if somebody is like questioning your word, then it's almost like a personal attack on you. Yeah. And I wish that uh Mike could have let that down a little bit and been like, you know, maybe you're right. However, I like, I, I just, I feel like, but at the same time, I understand his position and his perspective. But again, I wish uh, you're, you're right, Jack. Like he could have changed his style of thinking to know you're actually doing great, and you actually like played an amazing game. It's just that like you don't have to – they're not questioning you. You're going to own it, yeah. Right, right. And I think – but owning it means that then that, that, that I'm not a man of my word, and I'm not loyal, and that I'm all about yeah. my family and the people that love me.
5: But the thing yeah. is, I do think, and I'm sure we can all agree, that Mike is probably an extremely loyal guy, and we <laughs> saw that throughout the season. yeah. But again, even extremely loyal guys have to make difficult decisions, and even extremely loyal guys sometimes make two promises in each way, and yeah. they can't they can't honor both of them. So right. yes, he can be extremely loyal in all of this, which he stood on, but they were focused on the fact that he had to make those difficult decisions. And again, mm-hmm. if he would have owned the fact that yes, I am loyal, this is the you met the true me, but Damn. I had to do XYZ and Survivor.
1: I felt like Omer's question about the species would have been a great, like a great way for him to be like, my species is the old guy that want to do everything for everybody. And the way that I had to maneuver was I had to be unloyal to some people. I didn't want to be unloyal to some people, but in order for me to get where I'm at, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just wish that he would have been able to like answer, like, I I just, yeah. But again, I get it.
3: It's and a- he started He started improving with those answers as Tribal went on, um, but it sort of was a case of too little, too late. It was interesting, looking back, you know how in the pregame, they'll say, like, what survivor are you most like? So Mike's people were were um, Tony Vlachos and Ty Trang from uh, Koh Rong, which I, re- I remember people were like, this is such a weird combination. But it was almost like he almost hit the nail on the head yeah. where it's like, his gameplay was sort of Tony, like accidentally Tony like, where he is bringing a bunch of people's loyalty in, cutting wow. people. Uh, and then when he cuts people is somehow able to convince the other people, it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to cut you. Like I'm loyal to <laughs> you. And then he goes and cuts them again. Wow. But it's Ty, it's, it's Ty esque in the sense that Ty would accidentally cut, like cut people in a sort of <clears throat> similar way, but it was more accidental. Oh my God. Right. <clears throat> it was more accidental. And so people weren't able to respect it because it was sort of like, well, you're just telling everyone you want to work with them. And now it's not like, it doesn't seem intentional. Um, so, you in know, in a weird way, it was such a perfect prediction of like being sort of like Tony, but sort of like Ty. Um, and yeah, yeah, but I thought it was really fun to watch.
5: Yeah, I agree. And um, the w- one thing you, you hit, you said he kind of like, as he heard, he started understanding in tribal and that is good. Like Mm -hmm. it's great to be a good listener at final tribal and understand where these people that you're trying to convince, understand their standpoint, what they see, how they view you because you might not view yourself the same way. And upon given that new information, adapt and change a little bit in his case, I think he said something to the tune of, um, I'm learning that maybe I wasn't as loyal as I thought, or, or something like that. Acknowledging yeah. that and and keeping it moving is a good thing, as opposed to digging your heels in and arguing with the the jury, which we've seen at some point um, in
3: in the in the history. Hundred percent. But at the same time, no, I I totally agree. But at the same time, it's not the best spot to be in when you're at final travel, pleading your case. You're like, oh shoot, you guys are right. Like I did do that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. better than him being like, no, I swear, I was like, so loyal. Um, yeah,
5: right. There was a point where Drea asked Marianne a question. Um, we slept together, but I don't know what you did in this game. Can you explain it? And that looked like one of these, uh, like a hardball question, like, yo, you ain't do nothing. What's up? Or it's like, and alley Hey, we slept together. I didn't see you do anything. What's up? So that she can hit this thing out the park. Yeah. And she did just that. Boom. Was this where she explained how she set up the whole end game? This is the one with the idol with the Mike giving giving me his, yeah. his yeah. yeah. Yeah,
3: I think No, it was it was great. That's where she sort of, I feel like, locked locked it in. Um I mean, after the Omer move. Like she said, she basically had every possible permutation to get to the end. Uh, Lindsay even wanted to go with her at that point. Um, I I did think it was interesting when they were discussing the Omer move, how Jonathan and Mike were sort of like, well, that was our move. Because I'm sure they gave Marianne a little bit more credit in the edit just because she ended up winning, and that was sort of like her big move. But it did seem like, obviously, maybe Mike and Jonathan got the ball rolling. But as soon as uh, Lindsay won, they were like, no, 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 let's do Romeo. And right. it took Marianne to come in and be like, here we go. Like, And I'm sure I'm sure everyone was on board with this this split vote that Marianne proposed. Maybe it looked like Mike and Jonathan Warren I was down for that. But it, it, it seemed like Marianne was really like, here's our chance. Let me use my extra vote. You guys can split your votes. It seemed like Marianne's plan. So it's like, just because you're Mike. Or also, it's it was like, well, Mike, Jonathan was like, well, I was the first one to say his name. Like. Marianne had a great answer where it's like, that doesn't mean I wasn't thinking about him and wanting him out. Like, just because yeah. you're like, I, I, I could I could be thinking about it and be like, okay, I know Jonathan's going to be like, I think we should get Omar out. And you'd be like, <laughs> oh, I'm down. And then Jonathan's like, wow, I'm good at the cave. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, you're going to so, see yeah. him in real
5: life man That you're going to see him at heart He going to choke do you do you think he's a posse number though like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know. okay say no uh, more. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah you're right there was a point when Jonathan said no that was my move I told Mike and blah 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 and Marianne was like yes but I promise I thought this up as well maybe you said it first or whatever but then she got the ball rolling
3: and you're yeah. right about that so um and clearly she was down considering the commitment she had to that plan. So, uh,
1: Right. And I also think it's, it's uh, in this day and age and social media, like it's like, it doesn't happen unless you post about it. And so I think that, you know, Marianne using that extra vote kind of sort of like solidifies like, okay, this might've been your plan, but baby, I put the cherry on the top. And that's all that, honestly, not that really matters, but again, it, it
5: what what did you do, but say it. And she's sitting there at the end. She okay. hit it out the park and she's sitting there at the end. Um. There was a good, there was a part where Romeo basically says, um, I'm leaving this game a free man Mm. who won't be scared how my family feels. Mm. I can live, um, I can live as a free man in my thirties and I haven't been able to do this since I've been holding this thing since I was 18 or something to that effect. And again, this is his story being told as this gay minority man on national TV. And so again, kudos to the storytellers, kudos to Romeo for having the courage to fight through this game, get to final tribal, take a beating at final tribal, still keep his head high, still be the, uh, the um, pageant queen or what have you that, that he um, continued to, to draw parallels to. I am, I'm proud of him for no matter what, no matter what they threw at this guy, staying strong and saying, I'm still proud of myself and I'm going to come out of this a better man.
1: Absolutely. Love and I, the only thing I say to that is like, I I know that like in the game of survivor, there's only one winner, but I'm sorry. Like in the Olympics, isn't there medals for gold? Like, I just feel like <laughs> <laughs> winning final three is still a win in my opinion. So I'm just <laughs> saying like, you know, Romeo is still a winner in my eyes.
5: Yeah. He got a medal. He, he got a medal. So like, he didn't get the the gold the gold medal for Survivor, but uh, he got the bronze medal for Survivor, and also probably different kinds of awards for his performance on Survivor. Um, More
3: money than I got, <laughs>
5: um, but <laughs> well, still yeah, no, that's around the, with eighty. Yeah, I think you got
3: eighty. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like we said, like I, I've had my criticisms about Romeo's game, criticisms about Jonathan's game. It's just it's just a game though. Like when it comes down to it, the fact that there, like that Romeo is getting out more from this experience than that, like to him, than the million dollar win, that's so respectable. And like, just because someone doesn't play the best game necessarily doesn't mean anything about them as a person to me. So I can right. appreciate the person separate from the game. Um, yeah. So guys, if you're listening to this, please don't shout out to please don't put me in a chokehold. Uh, you're great. <laughs> nah, it's <laughs> um, gonna have to
5: be. We're gonna have to have your back. Like it's going to be the three of us
1: <laughs> and
5: he's going to toss us all.
1: You <laughs> can, can put me in the chokehold. Um, <laughs> okay.
5: <laughs> okay. We also get a moment where Mike says, I came in as an older guy who was able to get in with the younger generation and make it this far, which, you know, kudos to Mike. Cause
3: yeah. He's crazy. He's 57. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, I just say this notion of like, uh, and I get where he's coming from, but I hope that Mike realizes no matter your age, if you a cool dude, you a cool, like, you know what I mean? You a cool dude. So I I, I do hate the notion of being like, I'm the older guy. I had to like, I think in me, it's more like, Mike, you just that dude. You are able, standing on your, being the person that you are and playing the game that you want, I think speaks a lot. And I, I think that, yeah, I just. He
5: is. But sometimes in Survivor, that person's eliminated first. Right,
1: right. I mean, and sometimes for a lot of other reasons. No, I I get that. But I'm just saying in general, like, uh, you could be 71-year-old Mike, and I'ma still want to hang out with you. And, like, I just, like, I I think that. But I get what he's doing. But I I just appreciate Mike.
5: We also get a moment from Marianne where she said something like, um, I she knew of her path to the end with that Omar vote, right? With that Omar vote. But sometimes she, she self-sabotages mm. and she's so, she's so good at communicating this. So she really considered saving Lindsay, bringing her with her. And that's a, a self-sabotaging move because she knows that a Lindsay is playing this, this strong game and can certainly win a lot of votes at the end. So she overcame that to say no. I need to. I need to own this. Mm-hmm. I can. I will not self sabotage in this moment. This is my moment, and I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to make the most of it. So, one of her biggest moves was keeping an idol in her pocket. Was not making
3: that move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah, that, that exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was especially with that being said, like a lot of the narrative the whole season was that Marianne wasn't afraid to make these moves. Like she, she would rather go out swinging than like, like, like even at the, from the first episode or the second episode, when she had to, the ship's wheel, she was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make that big move. It was so great to see her in in that spot at final five, make the smart move, which was to not make the big move. And, and she really seems to have, maybe that's one of the most underrated elements of her game is knowing when and when not to really swing for the fences. It was, I will say real quick, it was, it's not even like a crit- criticism per se. Um, but it felt like in Marianne's final tribal sort of pitches, it was almost like they had the breakfast and then Marianne went and got some, like a public speaking class. Cause I thought it was, it was so funny to me where someone would ask her, she's like, yes, mm-hmm, great question. Let me answer your question. <laughs> she answered the question. She's like, does that tell you what you need to know? And I was like, such a, like very good articulation but it was very like formal um like public speaking which i thought was so funny but she definitely knocked it out of the park uh overall
5: she did she did and sometimes i think cuz as i get older my memory fades <laughs> and like i can't remember anything and she's what 23 24 sharp as a tack
3: during the season yeah so
5: 23 yes so she's sharp as a tack and she brought it. She was ready to go. And not every you know young person will be ready for the moment in those lights. And she stepped into it and was ready to go. Even in her posture, you saw her just like she was a, a true champion. It was yeah, beautiful to was, watch. She
3: was dialed in for sure. She was dialed in. So
5: um, I think that is when, you know, it is it becomes time to vote. And Jeff tells yeah. them because it's season 42 and they don't see what happened in season 40, 41, that um, he's going to actually read it all live right there. Everything's going to happen right there. And you get these big, big reactions from everyone. And then um, can we do a little can, can you be probed with the time to vote, my man, uh, Jackery? Yeah. What, what What do you need? Can you just uh, say... Oh, just like uh, read the votes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Right. I got you. I'll,
3: I got you. Guys, we're doing things a little bit differently this year. We're we're Our budget is, is tight. So we're reading the votes right here on the island. Uh, so with that, I'll read the votes. <laughs> First vote, Mike.
5: Oh, <gasps> Mike, wow.
3: Second vote, Marianne. That's one vote, Mike. One vote, Mary Ann. Third vote, Mary Ann. That's two votes, Mary Ann. One vote, Mike. Fourth vote, Mary Ann. That's three votes, Mary Ann. One vote, Mike. No votes, Romeo. Fifth vote, Mary Ann. That's four votes, Marianne. One vote, Mike. Wait, hold up, Bryce. There's still, we still got to go a little longer. In the winner of Survivor 42, Mary Ann. <laughs>
1: Wait a minute, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Marianne, you gotta drop the ball and do it to the left, put it to the right.
3: <laughs> put it to the left. <laughs> put it, <to> <laughs> it <to> right. <laughs> Mary. Uh, you, know, you know what? I was a recommendation for Jeff. I think Jeff, when he announces the winner, he should be like Mary Ann. The tribe has spoken or something.
5: Yeah. Ah, true. I don't, know. I don't know. That's true.
3: That's a good it button. It sounded better had... in my head. It wow. marion
1: To see it. Yes. Phenomenal game. Uh, amazing young lady. Uh, just embodies what Excellence. I want to be like. Excellence. Yes. Excellence. <laughs> Like,
5: brilliance, beauty, savage
1: hurry. would need to be like yes, and Strength. I. It is just so exciting to see her yeah. take it home, and I think that it is just.
5: Look at them! Look at those reactions! Look tier- at Roxie really
3: going in on the pizza <laughs>
5: <laughs> unapologetically. Tier- her,
1: like, yes, yeah.
3: she was awesome. Yeah. It is amazing. Um,
1: However, uh, I just have to say that it, it it needs to be noted that Marianne flew. Okay, she is flying. Uh, but the reason that Marianne was able to fly was because Queen Vesepia, and I believe it is twenty or twenty-two years, twenty years ago, since we've had a black female winner. And mm-hmm. I think that Marianne deserves all the credit. However, we do have to give our flowers to the queen that is Vesepia because she was a trailblazer and it has been too long for us not to have a only two black Women winners, uh, and we are at season 43. Um, so again, all the praise to Marianne, but I definitely think we need to give the flowers to the queen that is Vesepia, uh, from Survivor Marquise. And uh, she she just she, she, did I say
3: it wrong? Marquesas,
1: okay, that's what I said. Okay. Marquise, <laughs> you made it okay. cousin, <laughs> uh, my cousin, Survivor Marquise. But no, uh, <laughs> the Sepia is a queen. And, uh, it's just great to see the, the legacy live on through Marianne. Yeah. Shower her with praises and, and flowers.
5: Cause she, she, she did it. She did it. And she did it her way. She carved out her niche. Um, we haven't had a, a black female winner in 20 years and we've been wanting one and like waiting and there've been so many great black female players to play the game that just either fell short, didn't get it done or because of the politics of the game or because they weren't given a fair shot or any of these things. But now we're going to see this. We're going to see more black women winning. We're going to see more minority women winning Um, and Marianne, absolutely deserves this win and it's so beautiful to see this this brilliant shining light of a young lady from Canada now we got back-to-back Canadian winners they 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 doing their thing they come into play um it's just it's just so it's so great she earned it she earned it and I'm
3: proud of her the Canadians are too good at this this game, bro. It's not they right. been waiting, I, I, they've
5: been waiting 20 years to play, Jack. They're just better people than
3: we are. <laughs> I'm moving, I'm
1: moving to Canada, guys. So uh just listen, I'm going. Uh, That's not how it works,
3: Bryce. Oh no, he'll okay. make the merge if he moves to
1: Canada. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jack. But honestly, it's been such a thrill to be able to run down each week episodes with you guys. Uh, and it's just been an amazing time so I, I, again I just want to give you guys your flowers thank you Jackery Wendeezy uh, the Purple Pants Posse the Jack Shacks just for listening supporting uh, writing in the comments and going along with us just wanted to just put that yeah. out there that like it's been an amazing season and, and thank you guys so much
3: absolutely I'm I excited think- to do some post season breakdowns oh, potentially yes. uh, so I hope we have those coming to, to the Posse's way but yeah it was an awesome season a great, you know, it was a, it was a little a little slow for a while, but the end was incredible. The last few episodes, so as always, it was it was a great ride this season with you guys.
5: Yeah, I think I think this season we found our stride. The three of us, um, we got we've we've improved as as podcasters, journalists, whatever whatever we are, and um, it was a great ride. So thank you, Jack. Thank you, Bryce, for letting me be on it. Thank you to the listeners. We're excited to keep some content coming to you with the with the deep dives, the bonus coverage and all of that. And we're going to find more ways to get more content to you. Um, but I'm just very thankful for the listeners and for the two of you for letting me pod with you.
3: Do you want to see my boss? <laughs> I'm going to get some new ones over the summer. I'm coming back stronger <laughs> than ever for season 43. <laughs> and then... Yes. Jack, do you have any season 45? Uh, yeah, I have the, the original Green Tribe. The Vati. Vati. Yeah. Va-ti, do you need uh, any more? Sh- should I we put got it on.
5: Nah. <laughs> Let's see it. Uh oh.
1: Uh oh. Uh oh. Jack, did he just dive? <laughs> did you just dive?
5: Jack is still out of the way to get his Vati buff.
3: I don't write where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Marty Piombo look. Hold Hello. on. Jack, you dove into the floor. No, I just slid. No, you casually.
5: don't. Now, Jack, no, we know that you... Jack, where's your buff?
3: I'm going to wear this to class. Gee. You only got to tell Jack once. How do I make my hair look like Xander's? No, Jack. I know.
5: I know. We know that you are probably going to be on the island one day, so I know that you have practiced wearing a buff. Oh yeah. So how would you wear it on? The, is that
3: how you wear it? No, no. It doesn't look go good. On I go on the I go on the wrist. Okay, classic. Cool. Maybe I'd go a little boy scout, go around the net. Or huh. when did we do the 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 hats? Remember that episode where we all did like the little hats and Bryce mm-hmm. had the wig on? Yeah, I might, I might do that. I might bring all a right. wig out. All right. You got to get, you, you got to know.
1: Yeah, let us know in the comments how you guys wear your buffs. We're curious yeah. to know as well. But it's been a phenomenal season. We thank you guys so much. This has been your Survivor news coverage of season forty-two. I am Bryce Isaiah. That's Wendell Holland, and that's Jack Atkins. And listen, we are out.
3: Issa. Issa.
0: Issa. Issa. Issa.
3: Issa. You gotta grab it from the right, grab it from <laughs> the left, and we go with it. <laughs>
1: that is going to conclude this week's Survivor News of the Season 42. It's been an amazing ride to come and report the Survivor News to the Purple Pants Posse. We appreciate you guys so much. Make sure you head over to YouTube at Bryce Isaiah and check out the video version to this audio podcast. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and get in the comments and let us know what you think about Season 42. As always, if you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribe to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts reside. You can subscribe, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars, and don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that it's the finale, because it's a...